0: I'm excited to start the fifth in our series on the life you've always wanted, Uh, but this time it's not a great topic. It is the topic of uh, suffering, the experience of suffering. What role does it play in the life of a believer, and why would that be important as a criteria, a spiritual discipline for getting the life that we've always wanted? Well, the answer is uh, found in in an interesting survey. It was done asking uh, very mature believers to identify what was the factor or factors that were most uh, relevant in the formation of their spiritual growth. And the number one answer was suffering. Now, truth be known, in my life and probably yours, when difficulties happen, most of us start with the question, why? Why? sometimes god just doesn't clarify his rule his will whether but sometimes sufferings are there for things like to help draw us closer to the lord uh, paul uses in 2 corinthians 12 the discussion of the thorn in his flesh to say that um uh, that that he was in verse number 7 uh, to keep me from becoming conceited and because of these surpassing great revelations there was given me a thorn uh, it was a way to keep him close to the Lord. Uh, in in Psalm one nineteen, verse sixty seven, talks about how sometimes sufferings um, help us identify and deal with our sin. Sometimes, uh, when we have suffering, uh, we're able to draw closer to other believers, and and certainly in Second uh, Corinthians, uh, back in chapter one, number one and verse number four, Paul identifies an important. Reason why suffering might be there for us. He says, uh, because uh, he who comforts us in all of our troubles, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. It helps us be good comforters of those around us. But the truth of the matter is, instead of asking the question why, when difficulties, sufferings, trials come into our lives, the question we ought to be asking is what is next not why what what does god want to do with this particular difficulty with this problem with this suffering um, how how do we use it uh, to get the life that we've always wanted and 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 the answer of course is in mastering a life of endurance now mastering a life of endurance, learning to deal with the difficulties of life, they're going to be there. Trials are inevitable. But learning to master such a life, a life of patience, a life of endurance, a life of perseverance, is difficult. And while we'd always like it to be kind of a straight line experience, um, uh, check, got that, check, got that, check, got that, now done with that, what's next? It doesn't work that way. In fact, uh, Mildred uh, Tingboom, in in uh, one of her great books, she has a quote uh, about the life of Job. She says, "While the the book of Job does contain a grief experience, it does not present a picture of a man methodically working his way through clearly defined stages of grief." And we could put something else in there other than grief, that that it doesn't the Bible does not give us a picture of of men and women methodically working their way through clearly defined stages of difficulty or sorrow or suffering. Rather, it's an account of, wait for it, confused people, people of faith and doubt, people of hope and despair, people of anger and acceptance, people of rebellion and surrender, people of threats and promises i think mildred's on to something there Uh, as we dive into this concept or idea of endurance let's remember that it is not a straight line from point a to point b that we're going to have our ups we're going to have our downs we're going to have our victories and we're going to have our defeats the issue is do we keep going john milton once said uh, uh, about his own blindness it is not miserable to be blind it is miserable to be incapable of enduring blindness. And so with that thought in mind, I think James gets us to the place we want to be. So go to James chapter 1 and verse, uh, look at one in verses 1 and 2. James chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. One says that it's written by James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's written it to the 12 tribes that are scattered. These are the tribes of Israel. This is the Jews who are scattered out among the Roman uh, uh, world and under great persecution. And in that context, he says in verse 2, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you face trials of many kinds. Consider it great joy, my brothers, when you face trials of many kinds. There is a mindset that, that we need as we start to embrace this idea of the experience of suffering, and and endurance comes with a a kind of mindset. He says here in this particular passage, consider it pure joy, or in another passage they capture the idea with this phrase, account it all joy. Those of you that are have a, a an accounting a mathematical background, you know it's the process of one, two, three. Uh, If it's on this side of the equation, it's got to be on the other side of the equation. You can't have a credit without a debit or a debit without a credit. It's an accounting. Uh, Account it all joy. Make sure in your life you're noting. And then he says, what kind of joy? It's complete joy, pure joy, nothing but joy. This This is a strong statement that in the face of trials, we're supposed to account, write it down, make a note about pure joy first peter 1 6 says in in all this you greatly rejoice though now for a little while you've had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials this is the mindset that jesus had uh, we're, we're told in hebrews chapter 12 verse number two therefore since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses let us throw out throw off everything that hinders and the sin that does so easily entangle and let us run with perseverance the race that's marked out for us verse two let us fix our eyes on jesus the author and perfecter of our faith who for the joy set before him endured the cross scorning its shame sat down at the right hand of the throne of god the needed mindset for all of us is to consider the trials the experience, the, the kind of suffering that we're going through at this moment as, as, a, as a full measure of joy, to respond with a, with a heart of, of joy, pure joy. Now, it's difficult when a situation is less than fun to have that kind of response, but it is the mindset, it is the compass heading, it's the focus that we ought to have. And he goes on to say that you're going to face trials of many kinds. Face—that's an interesting word. It doesn't—it doesn't mean um, encounter things that you expected. In fact, it's the opposite. It's an unexpected trial. It's something that we fall into that encompasses us. And then the word trials uh, in the old King King James version, it said, you know, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. That word temptation was a poor choice of the translators because it made us think of an actual temptation to sin. And clearly God cannot tempt someone to sin. Later on in that same chapter in James 1, he talks about uh, that very uh, reality that God is not tempting us to sin. But the word trials really means an affliction of some kind, a persecution of some kind. It could refer to poverty or any kind of calamity. It could refer to a pandemic, but it also could refer to cancer or the loss of a job or a child going uh, south for the winter. It's the idea of any trial that when we face these unexpected things that, that encompass us, we should have a certain kind of mindset. Consider it joy. And then he goes on to talk about what, what the solution might be. The solution uh, is is found in understanding the word that often is translated patience. Um, he says, uh, "Consider it all joy, uh, or pure joy, when you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance." Some translations talk about patience there. That again, patience is not as good a word as either endurance or perseverance, which are pretty much um, the same thing. The the New Testament has two words for patience, two primary words for patience. One is found in Galatians 5 um, in the context of the fruit of the Spirit, love and joy, uh, peace and patience. Patience in that sense is a is a long suffering. Uh, It's a passive response. You you hang in there. Yeah. Yeah. You just endure to the end. You're not doing anything. You're just, you're just hanging on. You tie a knot and you hang on. Well, that's not what he's talking about here in James. He says uh, when, when that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. That's the, the second word for patience, or in this case, perseverance. Here, it's, it's an act of, of, of endurance. It's actually something you do. It's an active response. This word is one of my favorites in the New Testament. And if you've ever heard me teach, you know that I I like certain words because of the way they come off of my tongue. And this is one of my favorites. It's the Greek word hupo, hupomoneo, hupomoneo. Um And that word is really two words together. It means to stay under a heavy load. Picture um, a guy who picks up a uh, you know, a 300-pound bag, that's probably too many, a 100-pound bag of of carrots or something, and he throws it on his back, and then he just stands there with that weight. Um, it means to be able to, to put it up there, to stand there, and then to walk. It's not a passive just hang in there, tie a knot. It's an act of choosing to endure the, the weight, regardless of the circumstances, but to keep moving forward. Um, perseverance or endurance patience in this context in James is not uh, just sitting around waiting for it to be over it's there's an activity of your heart in your mind while it's going on kind of kind of like the stages of a of a marathon runner now I've never run a, a long race of any kind but I've read about them I've watched a few I've listened to some interviews and they talk about you know, four or five stages of the run. In the beginning, it's pure pleasure. Uh, you're really enjoying it. You've trained for it. You're off and running. Things are going well in your body. After, after a few miles, then it becomes drudgery. It's just one, one foot in front of the other for, for a long period of time. And then that drudgery turns into sheer labor. Your lungs are hurting and burning, and, and your feet are killing you, and your back hurts. And, and, and eventually, there's the, the real temptation to quit. Some runners call that hitting the wall, and then finally you either choose to go ahead and quit, or or you get into the last stage, which is which is hupomoneo. It's the act of of enduring, keeping going, moving on, finishing the race under a heavy load. So James is saying, yeah, we're to consider it all joy or pure joy when any kind of difficulty, a struggle, suffering comes into our lives because it creates an opportunity to, for there to be endurance. And then the endurance itself uh, produces or creates something. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. The result is we become mature, we become complete. Um, James may have been referring to the, the uh, pentathlon that was run uh, during those uh, those days of his writing, and and apparently when a runner completed all five of the stages of a pentathlon, it it it, it was announced that he was complete. Um, uh, not just the race, but all of the events associated with the pentathlon were complete. So now the runner was complete. It's the idea in the life of a believer that that we've allowed the circumstances, the difficult, hard. Uh, ones that we would not choose but we've allowed them uh, to have their perfect way in our life they there was a cycle we 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 bore up under those circumstances and that cycle of 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 staying with it uh, produced a kind of fruit in our lives and that fruit is a sense of completeness that that we have the assurance in our hearts that there is nothing we're lacking uh, in the Christian life. We can finish our race because God has given us everything we need. Now, the passage of James is so powerful and has so much to teach us about, about the attitude we should have in these unexpected difficulties of life. But I got to thinking about um, how how difficult it is to to f- to flesh out that mindset we need some examples it's why jesus told stories in the new testament and so i i i uh, i wanted to tell a number of stories or at least point your 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 attention to a number of people that were on the road if you will uh, to spiritual maturity and what it was like for them those roads of suffering what it, what is god to have for us in his in his word that could be instructive and helpful so I I chose five or six um uh, kinds of roads I guess there's seven of them uh, that that might be instructive to us. The first one is the road to Moriah. Now you know the story about Abraham in, in the early chapters or middle chapters rather of Genesis, Genesis chapter 22, but the the thing I want you to take out of that passage there's so much in Abraham's life, but that's the one where he's told to take his son in fact, the Bible says, "Take your son, your only son, and go offer him as a sacrifice." There is a role of testing that occurred in Abraham's life, um, and testing is a time when, when um, a, a kind of a difficult experience uh, that that that's going to display what's really in in the heart of a believer. A difficult experience uh, where. A person's true values or commitments and beliefs come to the forefront. They, they get revealed. Now here's Abraham with an incredible testing of his faith. And you, you and I know how that story ends. God provided a sacrifice so Abraham did not have to offer his son. Testing comes in the life of a believer. It is one of the ways that we see suffering in our lives. Um, it may be the testing uh, uh, in in the context of a marriage, or something at work where choices are there, and and it and it really comes down to what's at the heart of that person. Can they endure uh, by by following through and not failing at the test? On the road to Moriah, there's the road to Shiloh. Uh, most of you know the story of Hannah in First Samuel chapter one, and and in this story. You're going to see the role that excruciating loss and a sense of emptiness can play in the heart of a believer. Uh, Hannah wanted a child more than anything in the world and 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 year after year she would go up to offer sacrifices, her persistence and her willingness to take it to God ultimately resulted in her having a child that she turned around and gave back to the lord but But during that trial during that that time of excruciating loss. Other people didn't understand. If you will remember the example of her husband, he says to her during that time, he said, well, don't I mean more to you than your sons? He didn't get it. And, and the kind of suffering or difficulty where, where there's excruciating loss in our lives, people often don't get it. But I'm here to tell you that that suffering, that difficulty, if we respond to it, in in a, in a biblical way if we allow our minds to remain focused on the Lord Jesus Christ then it can have its perfect way in our life the road to galilee i love this one the woman uh, in luke 8 that suffered through an issue of blood she was bleeding um and uh, this is a the kind of bleeding that happens in the life of a woman on a monthly basis but but there was something very wrong with her And for 12 years, she suffered, deeply suffered physical pain and personal and emotional shame. Because of that kind of bleeding, she had to be isolated. She was considered unclean, so she couldn't be with her family. She couldn't be around her friends. Um, There was shame associated with it. She was not understood, much less cared for. And, and for 12 long years, she suffered until she had an incredible encounter with Jesus in Luke 8. The, the role of physical pain in the life of a believer can be devastating. Again, the, the concept is not to ignore it or just get through it. It's to hupomoneo, to bear up under it in such a way that it can have its way in our life. It can produce the character qualities that God clearly intended. The road to Rome. This is the idea of Paul's life. And while we see Paul as an incredible conqueror, if you will, a warrior for Christ, we also know that he suffered. And, and he suffered through a physical pain. And I think the greater part of that was the unanswered prayer. Paul was a man of prayer and, and often saw God answer him in dramatic ways. But the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 12 that he prayed three separate significant times that a thorn in his flesh would be removed and and God did not take it away. The answer here is that God will often meet us in our difficulties but he's not there to necessarily take us out of them. We say, I want out and God says, I want in. So the kind of thorn in the flesh, produced a, a role of of unanswered prayer in the life of Paul, and, and, and that unanswered prayer drove him over and over again on his knees. Then there's the story in uh, Genesis 32 of Jacob. This is one I call the road to Penel, Peniel, Peniel, Peniel. Now Jacob, if you remember the story, um, had been fleeing from his uh, father-in-law Laban. His uh, wife had stolen some things from him, and had uh, created some difficulties as well. He had kind of snuck off and and didn't give Laban a chance to say goodbye to his grandchildren and so on. So he's 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 running away, and and in the cha- the chapter following this one, he realizes he's about to encounter his brother. Now Jacob and Esau had, had a a difficult time ever since their young adulthood where Jacob stole the blessing and the birthright from his brother, and now he's going to have to go back and meet with his brother so he's he's running away from his father in law and he's and he's not looking forward to meet up with his brother There is a a kind of suffering and difficulty that comes from family issues and trauma within families um there are Un- untold numbers of stories, uh, all of us could tell, of a of a relationship in our families that that was not conducive to growth and development, that was hurtful and mean, uh, maybe significantly so, not just emotional. There may have been physical abuse. the 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 road that Jacobs on here is a road of suffering through the, the family issues and the traumas that go with those kinds of issues. I don't I don't know if you know that story, but the night before he's going to meet up with his brother, he's seeking God's blessing in his life. And so he gets on his knees, he creates a special spiritual moment. And in fact, God does meet with him. But the end of the story is, while he's empowered and encouraged to go on and meet with his brother, he he limped where, where he had been touched in his thigh. He limped for the rest of his life. It is true that family issues do affect us, sometimes throughout our entire lives. But God is in the business of meeting us in the middle of those circumstances, even, even in difficult family situations. There's another road that I wanted to draw to your attention, the road to Anatoth. It's the story of Jeremiah's life, and Jeremiah is a prophet who was trying desperately to respond to God's call on his life, to do his ministry as he was told to do, and yet everywhere he turned there was disrespect and rejection. The role of disrespect and rejection in the life of this godly prophet was was very instructive. I don't know if you know this, but Jeremiah was not allowed to marry he was not allowed to have children at one point he was thrown into stocks and, and stuck in the in the city square as a laughingstock to all the people he was ridiculed uh, by the very nation he was trying to save and at some point he was thrown a- into a well as a prisoner the the road to anatoth is is a road that suggests the kind of disrespect and rejections that we get when we're just trying to do what god's called us to do People don't always understand our motives. They don't understand what we're trying to do. People at work think that, that we're um, doing something weird or, or, or um, trying to undermine uh, certain activities of the company. When we say, no thanks, we won't be doing that or, or, or praying for people or caring for others. This whole business of being disrespected and rejected is a, is a part of the suffering in the life of a believer. And and the answer is for us to keep our eyes on Jesus. There is a goal at hand, and it and it requires obedience. And lastly, there's a the road to Calvary, and this is the one that Jesus walked. In Luke chapter 22, in uh, in verse uh, uh, 42, Jesus is the night before his death, having a discussion with his heavenly Father. And while we see him as just focused on getting to the cross and, and understand his motivation to get there and, and to offer himself as the ultimate sacrifice for us, he's also fully man. And in Luke chapter uh, 22, and starting at about number 40 uh, 41, the Bible says he withdrew about a, stone, a stone's throw from beyond his disciples at the Mount of Olives, and he prayed and this is what he prayed father if you are willing take this cup from me yet not my will but yours be done jesus was essentially saying this is this is this is too much suffering and and lord please no i don't i don't want to go through it and then he answers almost his own comment by saying yet not my will but yours be done jesus was reiterating the words that all of us need to say when there's when there's a difficulty, when there's suffering, when there's a requirement to be enduring and having perseverance. Yeah, I no thank you, but of course, I will obey. I will do what you're asking of me. I will bear up in an active kind of way. So at the end of every lesson, I ask the question, so what? So what that James is teaching us in, in no uncertain terms to have a certain mindset when difficulties and trials of all kinds come into our lives. And then he tells us that that difficulty, when, it, when it's allowed to have its way in our life, will, will produce a product, the product being our completeness. How, how do we do that? How do we run the race with, with that kind of perseverance of heart? Well, I've said it several times in this lesson, so let me reiterate it again. It starts with a focus, keeping our eyes on Jesus. Paul, or Peter rather, got to walk on water as long as his eyes were on Jesus. You and I can endure, we can persevere, we can find victory in any set of circumstances when first, last, and always our eyes are on Jesus. Now, how do you do that? Everyone will find a different set of circumstances, and maybe they will be a a different pattern to these, but certainly it begins with an intention to God's Word, to read it, to think about it, to meditate on it, to memorize it, to share it. Certainly there are other ways besides that to get biblical truth into your mind. Music is a very powerful tool. Uh, other creative endeavors will release those mind you know, those thoughts out of your mind, painting, writing, and so on these These uh, spiritual dynamics that we've been talking about for the last few weeks, things like drawing aside and finding quietness that allows our hearts to be attuned to God, all of that is part of keeping our eyes on Jesus. I'm telling you that during this time period of the quarantine. We all have zero ex, uh, excuses. We have extra time, all of us, to get our situation focused totally on Christ. Then the second step, I would say, is a thing to do as we're running this race. It's the avoid the, what I call, extraneous stuff of life. In, in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 26, the Bible says, Don't run like a man who's running aimlessly, uh, like a man that's beating the air, like a chicken with his head cut off. Um, my grandmother used to tell stories of 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 cutting off the heads of chickens that she was getting ready to cook for the family, and that one of the fun things that the kids would do is sit around and watch that chicken run, even though he had his head cut off. There's a, a period of time when the body will, c- will continue to move. Well, that, that's the picture of, of the what we don't want to happen in our lives. We don't want all the extra junk that gets our attention, that grabs our focus, so that we end up looking like a a, a chicken running around with their head cut off. I think one of the things that we're going to find after the quarantine is over that we long for the ability to focus on what's important and not be caught up in all of the extraneous stuff. Running a race with endurance. The third step, or the third idea that I had, was to wait on his strength and his help. Um, it is it is human nature, especially those with strong wills, to to kind of have the mindset when difficulties occur, to to kind of gut it up, you know, grab your own bootstraps, uh, pull pull your own weight, uh, and just keep going, show up. It'll you know. Fake it till you make it. Well, the truth of the matter is, most of us need to do some waiting in the process. In Isaiah chapter 40, verse number 31, or actually, let me start with verse 30. Even youth grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord, they renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint those that wait on the Lord, that just call a time out, a time out and purposefully uh, allow themselves the time, the opportunity, the the quietness to rely on him, to lean into his strength. No matter what the, the trial or difficulty, the suffering, the, the the importance in the middle of it of, of calling a time out and leaning into Christ is so important. We need to wait on His strength. The fourth thought I had was to keep focused on finishing well. A lot of us are real good starters, but not very good finishers. As a child, my dad often would require us to complete a task, even when it no longer was fun or enjoyable. I might be building something with an erector set and get halfway through it and run out of interest and my dad would require me to sit there and finish whatever the project was. To this day, I can't put a book down, even if it's not a very good book, unless I finish it. But in Acts chapter 20 and verse number 24, we see an interesting verse here. Paul's doing a a recounting, a farewell, if you will, to the Ephesian elders just before he... uh, leaves their area and heads off to the, to Rome he says and now compelled by the spirit i am uh, going to jerusalem uh, knowing not what's going to happen to me there he says i only know that in every city the holy spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me however i consider my life worth nothing to me if only i may finish the race and complete the task the lord Jesus has given me the task of, tesi- of testifying to the gospel of God's grace, finishing well, going to the end. Um, raising children is is not a sprint; it's a marathon. But but so is doing a job, so is marriage, so is uh, ministry opportunities. They're they're not meant to be a quick one and done. They're meant to be an ongoing hoopamaneo experience, and finishing well is is the process of keeping your mind and your focus on the prize, and that brings us to the very last uh, of my suggestions of how to run this race. It's actually take home the prize. Now we live in a world where lots of people have the mentality that participation is enough. Everybody gets a ribbon. I don't happen to ascribe to that philosophy. There is a prize, there is a winner, and there are losers. There is a first place and a second place and a third place and so on. But from a spiritual standpoint, God makes it possible for everyone to win the prize. Uh, the The prize is discussed in 1 Corinthians nine. He says, in a race, all the racers, racer, excuse me, all the runners run, but only one gets the prize. Now, let, let's not confuse this. Uh, it's not like, uh, you know, the kids playing soccer. It's a lifetime endeavor of doing what God has called us to do. And when we do, when we run, we win the prize. Now, this isn't a self 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 No, I still don't have the right word. It's not a way to get an attention and focus on ourselves. What are we supposed to do with these prizes when we get them? What's the idea of completing the tasks or the roles or the jobs that God's given us to to move through the sufferings and difficulties of life until we get on the other side? Well, the the goal is what's described for us in the the little peak we have into the throne room of heaven in Revelation chapter 4. And in Revelation chapter 4, talks about how that the living creatures are giving glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on on the throne. He said, then the 24 elders, they fell down before him and they worship him. And they laid their crowns before the throne saying, you are worthy, O Lord, O God, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things. And by your will, they were created and have their being. They laid their crowns down at the throne of God acknowledging his worthiness and and the gratefulness that we were just chosen to have a small part in 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 the uh, the uh, the ministry of the gospel of Jesus Christ now guys the bottom line is endurance is a difficult concept it's difficult because it's pervasive in all of our lives it's difficult because it's painful it's difficult because it's just plain hard the 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 reality is though that god expects us if we want the kind of life we've all been talking about we need to exercise the spiritual discipline of endurance the experience of suffering is universal and there is an opportunity for all of us to bear up under that uh, those circumstances of suffering and I, I, I couldn't help but think of an illustration that I read uh, a while back. It had to do with deep-sea diving. Not an experience that I've ever uh, had, but I've read about it. And I, and I understand that there are those things called bathyspheres. They're made out of heavy metal, and, and they, create in, they create them uh, in a kind of a cast of steel. And, and they're in a certain structure, a certain shape. And that shape, that structure, that steel makes it so that the pressure, as they are lowered deeper and deeper and deeper into the ocean, is is uh, is 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 pointed in in a kind of a, a complete way around it, so that it doesn't crush. Uh, it's a it's a means of of handling the pressure, and so they create these bathyspheres uh, out of steel and in a certain shape, so that they can go down and see what's going on in the deep sea. And what's fascinating is when they get down there, way down there, way down there, what do they what do they observe? Well, they observe fish, uh, small, uh, very lightweight animals swimming around. They're not encased in steel. They're not in a particular shape with great strength. No, they're just rolling around in their environment, and and the 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 anatomy of those fishes. Is, is made in such a way by their creator that, that equal and opposite pressure is on, their, is on their, um, their bodies and from within their body. So their exteriors are soft and pliable, but their internal parts are tough as steel. That's the believer. We don't need a bathysphere to go through difficulties in our lives. We were created in a certain way so that our insides could handle the pressure, if only we keep our minds and our hearts focused on Jesus. Well, there's a few discussion questions there for you. The first one is to share a time when you have hit the wall in your life. What caused you to quit? And how could you do it differently if you did it again? Secondly, is there a time in your life when you truly experienced joy in a very difficult situation and and can you identify what brought you that joy how did you sustain it and lastly how is God training you remember spiritual disciplines are a training how how, how is God training you right now what kind of spiritual discipline is helping you to uh, endure well have a great day it would have been no fun without you